Let's Radio. It's the OG. Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Ovias, Jonathan Re- Dennis Cox. That's the first time I've done it. Wow. Dennis Cox is the producer of this program. And it wasn't even during What's Trending, Cox. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no. No. Giglio did it twice, twice. on a show. <laughs> but it was during What's Trending. Twice. I had like, an, let's get I, to number five, right? Ah, dang it. And then, I had an see, excuse. I did not know that. I, I must have. Clearly, I wasn't there that day. Mm, yeah. But I was going to say, Dennis, when, when did you take over as producer of this program? At least about two months ago. It's been two months. Yeah, close to it. Has it been say. that long? It's Jeez, been a minute. Man. Seems seems longer. I kid. I kid. I know. It seems longer for everybody. Um. Yeah, that's the first time uh, I went into default mode. Hey, look. At least I didn't go all the way back in my brain and go Alec Campbell, or oh, your wow. sources, yeah, or Shannon Penn, who's now the producer for Keyshawn J. Will and Max, or shout out to Ravenscroft football coach Chris Morris. The super producer. There you go. We retired that moniker, the super producer, when Chris Morris left us. So it's not a knock. It's just that he was the super producer. But yeah, apologies. First time that's happened. I don't know what's wrong with me. But you know what? I'm taking ownership for my mistake. I screwed up. That's what you do on a team. Aaron Rodgers doesn't get that memo. Ever. It's never Aaron's fault when something's going wrong in Green Bay. The front office isn't supporting him. Wide receivers are dropping balls. I got a bad offensive line. It's never Aaron Rodgers' fault. Like, you know what? When they got bounced in the playoffs last year, everything was there set up for you. How did Aaron Rodgers do in that playoff appearance where they lost? Wasn't his fault, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't his fault. So Aaron Rodgers does these weekly radio appearances with Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee, I... It's 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 a relationship they have that's purely for the content. Rogers goes on with McAfee, and he knows he's not necessarily going to get hard questions, although yesterday he did. But for the most part, he doesn't get hard questions. He lets Aaron Rodgers talk, and then in return, Pat McAfee gets aggregated. Every time Aaron Rodgers speaks, it's newsworthy. And every time he speaks on the Pat McAfee show, you see Pat McAfee's stuff everywhere. So it's a very, very beneficial relationship for both involved. Yesterday, he went on the McAfee show and he talked about how players need to take ownership while not taking any ownership for his own failings this year. I think when the players really take over, then... You see, you're going to see the possibility of us making a run. So when the players really take over, I'm not talking about usurping power from coaches. I'm talking about <laughs> we take over, we take ownership of what we're putting on the field. Now, some of that might be in the plan. So some of that might be, hey, I really want to do this, offense, defense, teams, whatever it might be. Um, but the other part is taking ownership of your, your daily habits and your routines. Just because we're a young team, we can't just write that off as – Oh, they're figuring it out. The rookies are figuring this thing out, and they're going to go through their rookie wall and blah, blah, blah. We need everybody on the same page to make the plays that are possible. But we need them Monday to Saturday to put in the time to be ready to play Sunday because there's too many times in a game where there's simple, simple things that just are not being accomplished. Does, that sound like a, does, does Aaron Rodgers sound like a guy who doesn't believe in Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers? I'm I'm trying to figure out in the air. I'm trying to translate from Aaron Rodgers to English here. Mm-hmm. Is he trying to be like inspiring? 
I don't but know. When it, by the usurper, has he been watching Game of Thrones Clearly reruns? Has, yes. The u- we don't need to usurp. He sounds like Robert Baratheon. Yeah. The usurper. You know, you, you know my thoughts on Aaron Rodgers. The man actually doesn't have a personality, so he takes sure. on different personas. Okay, and, so and, he's and maybe been watching that's he's Game, of watching Game of Thrones and trying to, and he's trying to get the troops to rally around him here. Yeah, that, that's what he's trying. to Maybe, do. or maybe he's doing what he's done to other coaches, and he's just calling them out without directly calling them out in his own little special cheeky way. And here, here, this this clip might even do a better job of it. Of how Aaron Rodgers says, you know, maybe, you know, changing reps for the guy, you know, maybe taking away some playing time. Guys who are making too many mistakes shouldn't be playing. You know, we gotta gotta start cutting some reps. And maybe guys who aren't playing, uh, give them a chance. So we're we're gonna see. We made some changes, you know, last week. We moved uh Yash over to right right tackle, we moved John to right guard. Um, Elton the left guard. So, you know, we're we're doing some things. Um, and there'll be more opportunities for other guys like moving forward too, especially with our injury situation uh, as we look at uh, this week and see who's healthy. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. We're here with Coach Pete, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, let's hear about your power plan. Well, Coach Pete's power plan, 22 steps to get you on the right direction for retirement. Also, make sure you have a successful income-filled retirement. Tim, the next 10 people are going to give that away. No cost or obligation. For the power plan, call 800-691-3215. You can also go ahead and text Tim to 600-700. The phone number, 800-691-3215, or text Tim to 600-700. Does that sound like a guy who's calling out Matt LaFleur now? I I know they've been down bad before. I mm-hmm. know they've rallied before. I know he's given us the relax. R-E-L-A-X. Before. But I'm here to tell you it's over for Captain <laughs> Ayahuasca. It's officially over. They got swept by the New York teams. Yeah. He single-handedly boosted them. But then you could say, do it, but, but Joe. But Joe, that's not fair to the New York teams. Yeah, Fine, good. they're hot. They're yeah. good. Explain losing to the to the fake Washington you, team. You, you can't, explain that one you, to you me. You can't explain losing to the you, commandos. You can't. Not after losing those two games. Like if, as you know, I believe in the rhythm method. If you're going to lose like that, you bounce back. Mm-hmm. When you have a pulse, you bounce back mm-hmm. like that. Those are the prime opportunities to bounce back. Did not bounce back. Not coming home. For Aaron Rodgers. And you know what? You know where I'm going to go back to on this? I'm going back to his summer availability. I don't know if it was on Pat McAfee or not. Might have been. Where he said, I don't have to. I didn't reach out to Devontae Adams. That's not my job. I didn't have to reach out to him and convince him to stay with me. That's a consistency with Aaron Rodgers, though. It's never never his job. Huh? You've called him the best football player you have ever seen. Mm -hmm. Right? Those are his words. Mm -hmm. Not, Not receiver, best football player. You couldn't text him? You couldn't pick up the phone? Apparently not. You couldn't call him and say, hey, man. And and do you remember why Devontae Adams decided to take lesser money and go to the Raiders? Well, there's the idea that he wanted why? to go back to the West Coast, no, 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 no. be closer do you, do you to home. Do you ultimately know why? Why? He did not know what Aaron Rodgers' future was going to be. This is true, And he too. was not willing to sign a longer-term contract with the Packers without knowing who his quarterback was going to be. Therefore, he took the trade to the Raiders, took less money because he, at least he knew Derek Carr was going to be their quarterback in theory yeah. for the next three to four years. Now, with Tom Brady, the difference between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, one of them <laughs> in Tom Brady Six is, rings, I mean. Well, there is the six rings that come along with it, but I'm talking about what, what's going on right now. 
essentially my feelings on Tom Brady are, dude, you flew too close to the sun with trying to push it how long you could play. You also bet on the wrong team to come back to in order to do that, and the Buccaneers have fallen apart around you, and it's exposing just how, you know, where you are in your career and what how limited you are. Plus, there's the personal stuff, okay? I mean, the man's going through some marital strife right now that I'm guessing has caused all sorts of distractions in a league that loves to not talk about distractions. Rodgers is a different case. Rodgers has not fallen off. In my opinion, Rodgers has not fallen off at the same level of Tom Brady. You can point to any pro football focus or DVOA metric on football outsiders, any wherever you want to get your fancy numbers, okay? Aaron Rodgers is not as bad as his stats might indicate because there's an element of what he's throwing to, which is getting to him complaining about reps and everything else. But the trade deadline's coming up. All right, you, you know you got a window, right? Well, what about the trade deadline? You, you're going to kind of like put on people what you want to do? You, you tell the front office what you want to do? Here's Aaron Rodgers with Pat McAfee sidestepping that question. Trade deadline one week from now. Are you in there? Are you in that conversation or no? I'm in all the conversations. Do you want to be? Do you not want to be? Do you feel like you're included as much as you wanted to be whenever the whole conversation started a couple of years ago? And do you feel like it's a respect-worthy uh, level of input that you're allowed to have on the team that is ultimately being judged by how you do forever? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's a sticky question, I think. You're trying to trap me a little bit. Um, so I'm not going to bite on that. Uh but that was good. That was a real media question from you. Well, I mean, it's a real thing. Trade deadline's coming up in one week. There's a lot of teams that need a lot of weapons. You guys, everybody's saying need one. There's a couple of people on there. Have you gotten a chance to chat about that, or do you want to? Do you feel like you have or no? I am in conversations with Brian often. Here we go. This is good news, right? Oh, yeah. I don't think that's new news. That's the same thing I said last week. I'm in conversation with Brian often, and I um, you know, trust that uh, – if there's a guy to get out there that makes sense for us, then we're going to get him. <laughs> Good for Pat McAfee. Aaron Rodgers being a jerk to him. That's the arrangement. Pat McAfee's like, I'm still going to ask you a serious question. Good for him. And joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, investigative reporter for WRAL.com and WRALsportsfan.com is Brian Murphy. Murphy, what up, man? Hey, guys, how are you? We're good. So uh, my 14-year-old's been listening to a lot of Pink Floyd lately. Uh, so I've had Dark Side of the Moon playing in the house oftentimes. And I feel like for the story about the ACC, there is a line from Money that makes a lot of sense. Money, it's a crime. Share it fairly, but don't take a slice of my pie. And that seems to be what's going on right now in the ACC as they're trying to, I guess at the presidential level, better distribute the money what what exactly is going on right now in the acc as it turn as it relates to revenue sharing well there's a group of ad's including north carolina's bubba cunningham who was looking at how they should distribute money i mean there's about to be a lot more money coming into the acc not as much as the sec and the big 10 of course but uh the television contracts is going because of the carriage deal with comcast uh, the, the college football playoff is about to expand. The NCAA basketball tournament may expand. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've, they've hired this revenue consultant. So there may be more money coming in. And now they're talking about how should we chop it up? Should, should the teams that have success in the NCAA basketball tournament get to keep more of that money? Should the teams that go to the college football playoff get to keep more of that money? Should it be based on the number of scholarships you give out, which you know would help teams like Boston College? College has 31 sports that they sponsor. So there's a lot of uh, negotiations or, or conversations, probably is the best word, on how to distribute the money. 
all with an eye toward keeping some of those teams happy, I would think, that are looking at the SEC and the Big Ten. Brian Murphy, WRL, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. And Murph, this is a this is a, a simple yet new concept for the ACC because the, the ACC, one of its pillars when it was founded was it was it was the three musketeers, all for one, one for all. Everyone got an equal share. And now though, there's fifteen there's fifteen pieces to this pie now. And is that kind of where you're seeing some of this sentiment, particularly from Carolina, who's had the success that they've had in the tournament, NCAA tournament, and Clemson? In football, are, are, because you can't get rid of Boston College, you can't get rid of Wake Forest, you can't get rid of some of these schools maybe you don't want anymore, but can you change the way that the, the math equation works? Yeah, what I thought was interesting, and, and I've gone through you know 20 years worth of tax documents that all the big conferences have filed. I mean, the Big Ten gives out, like when I say equal revenue distribution, they are all within a couple hundred thousand dollars of each other. The ACC even though they give out equal distribution or, or relatively equal, you know, Clemson has taken the biggest share for the last six years because they've sent a team to the college football playoff. I don't know exactly how that formula works, but, but apparently, and if you just look at the numbers, you can tell there is some, you know, extra money that's given to teams that perform a little bit better. That, that may be to help offset expenses. It may be for a variety of reasons, but they do not distribute in the same exact share way that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 in particular do. So there's already some of that stuff built into their formula. This would go above and beyond that. And Bubba Cunningham told me that they're going to probably produce four models, one that's basically the same, mm-hmm. one that has minimal, one that has moderate, and one that has aggressive, uh, you know, unequal revenue distribution. Uh, they'll they'll kick those four ideas around at some point and, and then bring them to the full athletic to uh, you know athletic uh, director level and then i assume it, it'll get to the presidential level at some point but you could see why schools that uh are having great success whether it's in basketball or football or on television all the time would say hey we need to get a little bit more of all this money but that's not how the sports television industrial con- con- like it complex works I mean, the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NHL, these things are collectively bargained. The television revenue goes into the pool, and they derive money through other means on the local level. Um, So I'm having a hard time processing where suddenly this is going to solve some of the ACC's problems. I feel like this would create more problems. We actually saw this in the Big 12, where Texas had its own television network through ESPN, and Oklahoma also got an increased revenue share compared to the other Big 12 teams, and that still did not stop those two teams for bouncing for the SEC in 2025. Right. I think the Big 12 is the best counterexample to this. The, the Big 12 uh, allowed each school to sell tier rights. Obviously, Texas's third-tier rights and Oklahoma's third-tier rights are way worth way more than West Virginia and, and Kansas State's, um, just to pick two schools. But you're right. In the end, the extra money didn't stop Texas and Oklahoma from going to the SEC. And in this case, unless you're going to give – Clemson all of Wake Forest money or all of Boston College's money. Right. It's not going to close the gap with what the SEC and the Big Ten are getting. So you you may make them happier, but are you going to stop a school that wants to leave for more money from, from leaving for more money? Like, I guess the, the question I have, and I haven't really gotten an answer to this, is to what end? Like, why are... Are you doing this to make a school happy that's likely to leave anyhow? Mm-hmm. Or, or are you going to get some kind of commitment from them that if we do unequal revenue distribution, we'll stay for another 20 years? I, I, I doubt a school would sign up for that. So I, I, I'm not really sure at what the end goal of unequal revenue distribution is. I, I would say, though, 
to counter the the Big Twelve as the example as the opposite. Texas isn't leaving for money. They're leaving because they're mad about Texas A and M that they have a piece of that SEC pie. They don't. Wa- they didn't want anyone else, certainly little brother, to have something that they didn't have. Of course. I mean, Texas is what either the richest or the second richest athletic department in the country. It's one of. It's yeah. like twice NC yeah. State's budget. Yeah. Not even. It's not even right. like it's crazy. But yet, look at the results in Texas and NC State. They're probably fairly similar over the last eight years. Well, look at Texas A&M's results with all that money. Well, and there's the other thing. I mean, where, where does the money finally get you? So that, right. But that's Murphy, and we've had this conversation before. Brian Murphy, WRL. If you're Clemson, how much money is enough, and what are you really going for? Do you need super-duper money so you can have like the, the biggest support staff in the history of the world, like Alabama? Or do you want to be in the playoff every single freaking year mm-hmm. i want right. to be in the playoff every single freaking year that's just me that's just me i think this ties to a couple of things that's happening in the ncaa you saw today if you haven't seen the ncaa put out new guidance for nil um and it allows in some ways closer cooperation with collectives um and courtney bangart told me this at, at the acc tip-off and i hadn't quite put it together this way but she said you know, we were talking about football money and what it means and the trickle down to women's basketball. And she said, well, what it really means is I can use all the football money to build facilities and pay for salaries. And then I can turn my donors loose on NIL. And so that gap between what Texas A&M takes in and, and what NC State takes in or North Carolina or Clemson can then be just unleashed. You can unleash your donors on NIL. Mm-hmm. And so I think at some point Clemson's going to say, well, hey, it's great that we make it to the playoff every year. But if we're getting smashed every single year because, you know, $30 million is going to buy a class every year. And and I know it doesn't translate dollar to dollar, victory to victory like that. But I, I do think at some point some of those schools just, hey, look, we're just as good as South Carolina. Why are they being paid yeah. $50 million more per year than we are? Brian Murphy, WRL.com, WRLSportsFan.com. I know you got more of this on the website. Go check it out, Brian. We appreciate it. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Obius. I wanted to hammer one point, as you mentioned, with Texas and their budget and Texas A&M. Number three, Texas Texas is three in the country. Ohio State, Alabama, Texas. It's great that you got all this money. And Florida State and Miami are probably doing a little saber rattling here, too, because they're like, well, how can we compete? Well, you keep making terrible decisions, so why am I going to give you more money? Clemson can have all the money in the world, but if they're not hiring Dabo to build the culture that they got right now and the boosters aren't lockstep with what the organization's trying to do, well, then they're not where they're at. Florida State and Miami are in positions that they're in because of the consequences of their own action. Remember that chart? F around, find out? Well, that's what Miami and Florida State keep doing all the time every time they get in their own way when it comes to their own success. We're going to throw money at the problem and do what with it? You get Mario Cristobal. How's that working out for you right now in year one? Well, Texas A&M, we're going we're gonna to put it on the table, and we're going to show off to Texas, and we're going to give Jimbo this contract. Now you're stuck with it. What does it get you? So we're all obsessed with money. What's Wake Forest doing with Dave Clawson, by the way? What's the excuse? Top 10. What's the excuse? Why can they do it with their resources and you can't? Why? Until you can answer that question, I don't want to hear squat about how much money you're pulling in from television revenue and whether or not you should be getting more of the pie because, well, we're the bigger brand that ABC wants to put on in primetime. So freaking what? You haven't earned anything in this modern era. Nothing to deserve this kind of stuff right now and have this conversation. And, that, and, and you know, there's, there's a larger point here, too, the reality that nobody wants to really confront. And, look, props to the powers that be for trying, but we all know how this ends. 
let's say Clemson, Florida State, Miami, Virginia Tech get higher payouts based on merit, it will still pale in comparison to what Rutgers is making in the Big Ten. It pales in comparison to what Vanderbilt is getting in the SEC. So you're going to leave for that money at some point the same way that Texas and Oklahoma did. And by the way, in the Pac-12, they used to have uneven revenue distribution as well. Look at what South uh, South uh, South Carolina, Southern Cal, and UCLA did. Left for the Big Ten where the money was just too good to pass up. So all of this is a little bit disingenuous and also, not to be the party pooper here, but kind of a moot point in about five to six years when somebody truly tests the grant of rights.